0: So I was just thinking on Alex Garrett podcasting after watching the Islanders win game five, going to the Coliseum to possibly clinch a series. First time, by the way, since 1993, the Islanders could be clinching a home series at what I guess they call it, the barn. So Islanders doing that. But I've seen them a couple things. Firstly, if you didn't see my, my Instagram, AlexGnyc1, you gotta check it out. Because I've got a picture of a pothole the size of Bigfoot, Bigfoot's footprint that I had stumbled into on Union Turnpike on 164th Street. Why'd I do it? To bring awareness to skaters that yes, we can become like a driver in a car and hit a pothole and be thrown off completely. So I called 311 and they got me to the right people. And hopefully when I get back there, they will be um, taking care of that. But it just feels like the infrastructure packages can't come fast enough for the roads in the, in the city. And America, really, we, we do need to repair it. And me flying around after hitting the, spe- the pothole Losing my forty dollars in my hand, my phone, everything. Uh, yeah, I'm balancing on one skate. By the way, I would say I was determined to fix that pothole, and I sure hope the uh, city took note and did it. We'll have an update for you in a bit. So, why is that important to hockey? Well, what do they do for the skaters? Uh, for the uh, you know, for the ice, they zamboni it. Took multiple Zambonis, if I do my math right, five, to get this game over with. But yes, our streets need those kind of Zambonis to smooth everything out, repay where they need to. And we could be as smooth as silk like the damn hockey players are each and every period. And of course, why do they do that? So they don't trip around and, you know, fall on some un... uh hardened ice, I guess melted ice, if you will, at the rink. Well, why don't we treat our streets like our ice hockey rinks that we go to watch the boys play hockey? Or girls, for that matter. But I digress, because there's another issue that uh, I want to talk about today. It's with Jake Russell. He's the found, co-founder of One Block. So we talk about potholes. How about the epidemic of trash on our streets? Have you seen the masks be thrown around? Have you seen just garbage still be piling up as we're ahead of this pandemic? Well, one block on the Upper West Side is doing something to change that for their neighborhood and inspiring other city neighborhoods to do the same to clean up their trash. Jake Russell, thanks for joining me.
1: Absolutely, Alex. Appreciate you having me. Excited to be here and uh, excited to be a part of the the Upper West Side community and our kind of battle to, to come back better than ever.
2: Well, and you guys are doing it, and not only just doing it every week, right? You're still doing the cleanups every week. So tell us a little about what this project is about. Congrats on being a 503C. But at the core of it, it's to clean up the Upper West Side, not just once in a while, but every week, right? That's kind of been the mission.
1: Yeah, you know, we got started uh very grassroots. The idea the, the name the, the, the one block name really comes from the idea that volunteers would just claim one block and they would clean that one block twice a week. So you would just claim the block that you lived on, go outside, ten minutes, that block is done. And if we got enough people to do that, we could we could clean up the neighborhood. So um very quickly we had several hundred people register for blocks. We then started putting together uh, group cleanups where we focused more on the avenues as they were not getting as many volunteers and tended to be a little bit dirtier. Um, and so we're now at a point where we have every block from 70th to 96th uh, covered by at least one volunteer and about 50% of the blocks from 96th up to 110 covered. Um, and then we realized we could not handle the avenues with just volunteers, so we contracted out with a great group called ACE. We now have three full-time employees whose job it is is to keep Columbus, Amsterdam, and Broadway clean and, and pretty five days a
2: week. Well, and you know that whole area. I mean, I, I go to St. John the Divine up on 110th Street, and yeah. it's so pristine. And I wonder because it looks so pristine, but for those who don't go every day what what's been the environment like since the pandemic started
1: uh you know the the big difference was whenever um the budget was slashed with the Department of sanitation um, over the last year they had their budget cut by about seventy percent uh or the the effect of of pickups was a reduction in seventy percent it's unclear exactly how much their budget was cut, but basically the the corner can pickups. Um, which there are specific trucks that pick up those those trash cans on the corners they they were reduced by seventy percent, the street sweepers were reduced to almost nothing, and the residential pickup was also reduced and so the the result was that corner cans were overflowing, and as people took food to go rather than eat inside the restaurant, it just exacerbated that that issue and what we realized was that as cans overflow, they almost attract trash and people who would never put something on the ground were all of a sudden just setting it next to the can because everybody else was. Um, and so this is kind of the... I mean, there was also the mask thing,
2: right? I don't know if these people were throwing their masks around up there, but did you find that yeah. at all? Too?
1: We, we saw a lot of masks. Uh, earlier on, we saw a lot of gloves. Uh, both of those items have reduced considerably and we're back to more just like your classic household trash, but uh, initially that was a large part of it as well.
2: And... The, the sanitation department, all these cuts happen, but your point is that, your group's point is that it happened without any consideration of the neighborhood. I feel like that is a, a big aspect of what you guys are fighting for every day up there.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's unclear, really, um, how decisions are always made in city governments. And, and what we said was, is you know, uh, we're not in control of the city budget, and, and you know, there are groups who, who try to uh, make change through that. Those avenues and that's great, but I, I just wanted a clean street for my block, and I thought, you know what, I can make that happen in the next twenty minutes. And if I can get other people to do the same thing, then we'll just initiate change on a micro level. And if enough people do that, then the whole neighborhood gets cleaner. And you know, thirty thousand trash bags later, we've we've really seen that come to fruition.
2: So you're a co-founder of One Block, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I have the, I feel like you're so proud of the movement, right? But did you expect when you started it that it would grow beyond your block?
1: No, I mean I thought if if I could get 50 people to do this, that that would be really cool. Uh, and now we've got you know 500 that have signed up for individual blocks, um, and and three full time employees, and you know uh, raising an, an incredible amount of money from a very supportive community to keep those employees paid. It's it has grown uh, way beyond anything I could have imagined a year ago.
2: And you guys have a newsletter. Tell us how people can be involved because you know, I don't know. Do, do you feel like there's a divide between the Lower East Side, the you know Soho, and and the Upper West Side? Like, are all our neighborhoods in connection like this, or can we work better at that?
1: Um, so we have focused our efforts here on the Upper West Side. Um, it is it is a full time job. Doing this just for one neighborhood, and so in the future, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for us to help other groups start. But you know, there's a, a group down in Hill's Kitchen, and there's, there's other kind of groups that have started this. I do think that that individuals who just start putting out the word um, and and gathering their neighbors can really make a big difference, and and that's what we've done here on the Upper West Side is to stay super local and very very focused. We don't tackle other issues, we don't get involved in other things. Um, We just want to take trash off the sidewalk and into a trash bag, and and that focus has really been our our major advantage.
2: Has Central Park seen a big, you know, disrespect as well with all of these cuts to sanitation? Have you guys tackled that at all?
1: Uh, It's different departments. Uh, Central Park, particularly with the extra foundations and, and support that they've received, has not been as impacted as much. Their funding is, has remained pretty consistent since they have the Central Park Conservatory. Uh, Riverside Park has been impacted quite deeply, um, but you know, it's, there's there's a lot of different um, organizations that have controls of different areas, and you know, we we try to work as best as we can. But the one thing that we can do consistently every weekend is just pick up trash on the street, and so that's really where we've been focused.
2: One of my friends, Stephanie Yellen, actually is part of this organization One Block. That's how I got introduced to you guys so i'm I'm very blessed i awesome. have having... and but jake uh be- beyond that i I gotta ask you these restaurants they're still around through the pandemic. Did you guys help them stay alive by ordering them, no matter if it was indoor dining, outdoor dining pickup like I feel like your efforts and, and the community's efforts to keep these restaurants alive are why they, like Tom's Restaurant, are here today.
1: Yeah, you know, One Block as an organization didn't do anything. Um, we we were just purely focused on trash pickup uh, as an individual living on the Upper West Side. I, I tried to continue to support restaurants, but, uh, you know, our, our hope was that by helping streets remain clean, more people would stay in the neighborhood, people would feel more comfortable going out, People would want to come to the neighborhood from uh, neighboring areas, uh, so we, we tried to support the, the neighborhood and the restaurants by basically beefing up just the, the basic living infrastructure of Queen of streets. And, and we said, okay, we can't make a better pizza. Uh, we're not going to be out you know, uh, helping these restaurants reduce costs in other ways, but we can at least give them the best environment possible to succeed. And uh, for us, that meant we're just going to get out and pick up trash.
2: Jake, I got to ask you because you just talked about city government a little while ago. I feel like the Upper West Side's fight with all of this was highlighted by the decision to house homeless in the Lucerne. So, did One Block have a role in fighting back against that, or what was your your organization's position on that?
1: Uh, we're purely focused on trash. So, you know, we didn't take any sort of public position on it. Um, our position is that trash needs to be in, in trash bags. Uh, and that's really the, the position we stay focused in and, and we pick up trash wherever it is. Um, you know we have seen trash all over the neighborhood from fifties up to one ten, uh from Central Park West over to Riverside. So uh we're gonna continue to stay focused on trash and, and regardless of, of where it comes from. Um you know, I've I've picked up bottles of champagne that cost a thousand bucks that somebody threw away the empty bottle in the middle of the street, and we've picked up you know uh, a used condom. So like the the whole gamut. I don't really uh, care as much where it comes from or or the socioeconomic status of the person who threw it away as the fact that right now there's not city services that are going to take that and and get rid of it like there should be, and so we're going to fill that gap.
2: I guess you answered my question then, that uh, because I was going to say, has the city reached out at all? In fact, I want to ask you that because in the Bronx, there was a man who wanted to clean up a city park, but the city said not to. Did you follow that story at all? I thought that was so crazy. Yeah, I know the Parks Department's different, but have there been any attempts to thwart what you guys are doing, saying no, this is city property, or or have you guys been able to do this without city interference?
1: Yeah, we haven't had any city interference. Um, we've had several people from the Department of Sanitation be um, wonderful allies in the removal of larger uh, piles of trash that were outside of our scope or larger items that we couldn't just bag. Um, so, you know, I, I give I give full props to the Department of Sanitation who have been working under um, extreme budgetary duress, and, and they are obviously not in charge of how much money they're given. To operate, they just operate within those constraints. Um, outside the Department of Sanitation, we really haven't had any interaction with, with city officials, and um, our interaction with the Parks Department has been very limited as, as we've really been focused on the streets. So, um, limited interaction with the city, and, and no one has tried to actively block us. Uh, well, it seems like by and large, people have had excited to see it and be done.
2: Well, I want to talk about that because talk about support. I feel like support's coming in from every borough for you guys, right? I mean, you guys have a newsletter, you guys have our foundation. So it wasn't just your Upper West Side. Where have you seen support come from in the city, not just in the Upper West Side, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of people reach out from different neighborhoods who were wanting to start something similar and and we tried to support them with, here's how we got started and here's where we order bags from. And, you know, here's the strategies that, that we've used and we've seen different groups pop up in Brooklyn and, Uh, Lower East Side. I've done some cleanups with the group down in Hell's Kitchen. So continue to see the collaboration. Um, You know, I I, want to give a real big hat tip because the majority of the um, financial support and volunteers that have been showing up have been right here from the neighborhood. Uh, We do occasionally see volunteers come up from other neighborhoods and just say, you know what, I saw it and I wanted to help. But really, this has been a um, a, a local solution to a local problem and, and folks from the Upper West Side saying, you know what, we're, we're going to pick up the trash that's right here on our street.
2: Uh, I think that the, the fact that everybody's coming together is so important, and we saw this in the pandemic, but this is, it would, this is like a different kind of coming together, you know, and not just the community reaching out. There's there's some real sleeves being rolled up here, so as a co-founder, you talk about how it expanded, but Emotionally, how does it feel to watch this have it, to watch your streets be clean because you had the idea to start it
1: yeah i mean it's it's uh that's one of the things I love most about what this is 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 there's really no barriers. anybody can participate or, or or most people can um there's no special training, you don't have to travel to the other side of uh Manhattan to do this. you just do it on your street and and the results are immediate um you go outside, you see a dirty street thirty minutes later it's clean. And you know, when you're doing this and we're wearing our little one block T shirts and hats and we're out there picking it up, the amount of thank yous and who are you with and how can I support and thank you so much and we appreciate you that come from people who pass by is, is really incredible. So it's it's been a um a, a very cathartic experience through all the pain of the last year to be able to make a tangible difference and then for folks to really be appreciative, it's uh it, it has been one of the things that I think has kept me sane last year for sure.
2: Well, I want to know, that. are you uh how long have you been in Upper West Side? I'm just out of curiosity. Uh,
1: coming up on four years, something like that. Up here from Texas.
2: I was gonna, so you're you're not in New York originally, but you must have loved the city so much that you wanted to come up and be part of it. And in the last four years, yeah, I'll be sorry, just because you felt the city was not where it could be, especially your your neighborhood, right? So does that disappoint you at all? Like, why isn't the city what the city's supposed to be?
1: Uh, I don't know if disappointment's the right word. I mean, you know, I think any time you live in a city and you're, and you're willing to open your eyes to what's going on around you, regardless of where you're at, you're going to see things that need to be improved. And uh, and And seeing that and then acting on it is just kind of part of how I think I'm wired and, and so this was just it felt like a very tangible um, easy to accomplish thing and we said you know, what from God, just pick up trash and there are really big really complicated problems in New York that other people are tackling but uh, we, we see this as one that impacts everybody and, and that we think we can make a real difference in so uh, that was really the genesis of it.
2: Well I hope people listening to this are inspired to not be apathetic. What I mean by that is are inspired not to just walk by it, but maybe mm-hmm. as close as a city street could be, you know, do what they can as they're walking around their day because it, it's a problem borough-wide. And as you said, the sanitation cuts are happening, but I hope this inspires people to let be less apathetic. I, I don't know if that's your goal, but I, I feel like it could be something to, to look into, like to reduce the apathy of people that sort of look at the trash and go onward.
1: Yeah, there's a certain amount of awareness um, New Yorkers, we have a place to go. We're typically focused on getting there and getting there quickly, and and you can start to just tunnel vision and and ignore things going on around you and become used to things. So some of it, you know, I talk to my volunteers. I tell them when you first start, twenty or thirty minutes in, you're going to hit a wall where it's going to become depressing, and and you're going to start seeing things you've never seen before and realize how much trash there is and and be conscious of that because. We're, we're no negativity zone. We don't we don't complain about it. We just go, okay, this is how much there really is, and and wow, I don't think I've noticed this before, and we just encourage them turn around, look behind you, see the clean sidewalk that that is because of your work, and then and then keep going. So there very much is an awareness factor and then an empowerment factor of, okay, now that you're aware, it is fully within your ability within 20 minutes in an evening to uh, take your street from wherever it is to the pristine.
2: Uh, Jake Russell, I'm talking with you. He's the co-founder of OneBlock. Um, being a 503C, how has that impacted OneBlock and how has that benefited you guys?
1: Yeah, it was a five or six month process to get that. Um, you know, the, the main difference is, is that folks can now uh, write off their deductions Um I guess their taxes, and it also allows different organizations to give that are only able to give uh, to certified nonprofits. So, you know, I think, one, it just lets people know we're serious. This is real. Uh, we're putting in the systems in place for you to be able to trust us as an organization. Um, and, you know, we'd love to get your gift, and then you can use it as a tax write-off as well. So um, it, was, it was a big kind of trust marker, I think, for us of it's official. We're we're doing things right, uh, not just by how we're trying to treat people in the neighborhood, but also how we try and structure the, the organization.
2: Jake, I, I feel like you didn't just start this, you know, at Habitat. You probably have been able to start other companies and nonprofits. Are, are you involved with this world, or is this your first time in this kind of thing? And what was your job before starting Block and getting involved in your community?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I, I still have a full-time job in the in the real estate business. I work for a real estate tech startup here, so this is purely just a, a volunteer in the evenings and during lunch hour type of gig. Um, I've volunteered in different capacities, but never started anything like this. So this is a a real kind of trial by fire. We're just going to launch it, and uh, it's, it's been the real rally and support of the community that's allowed it to sustain and and keep growing.
2: And how can media, how can podcasts help you keep growing as well?
1: Yeah, just letting people know about us. Uh uws dot org, uh, one block UWS at gmail dot com, um, and then we're on Facebook as well. Anybody who wants to uh learn more about us, see what we're doing, uh, there's donation buttons there, uh, join the newsletter, et cetera. Uh we're continuing to try and get more people um between ninetieth and, and one tenth, there's still blocks up there. I would love to get covered and um you know, continue to see this grow and expand to new areas it would be fantastic in the coming years.
2: No sorry. I, I just uh, I was also thinking of the idea of not in my backyard, right? So I feel like you guys take this to heart and that meaning to heart.
1: Uh yeah, you know, NIMBY and YIMBY are one of these things where uh you say it, and, and you don't really know what it means. It means different things to different people, and there's a very emotional response to it. But you know, for me, it's just I don't I don't want this on my street, and I can do something very tangible about it. Uh, so I guess in in that in that you know definition of the word, this was a we we don't want trash on our street, and and we can kind of make a difference directly on that today. Um, and and so we took the very kind of unglorified route of just buying some gloves and some trash bags and picking it up and saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do today.
2: Uh, Jake, you sound fairly young. Do you have a family that also you were starting slash raising around all of this in the Upper West Side that inspired you, slash seeing other families that inspired you to start this also?
1: Um, I'm married uh, for several years here on the Upper West Side, no kids, um, you know, this I, I can't say there was any sort of like uh, inspirational moment of watching a kid step over a piece of trash or anything. It was just I remember being outside one day during the pandemic and going, Wow, there's a lot of trash and, and maybe it was just being able to slow down and not rush into some train for some commute or whatever it was that allowed me to see it that day but I uh, just decided, you know, no nah, I can I can fix this today and took a picture of the bag and posted it on Facebook and asked if anybody else wanted to join in, and off it went.
2: Has it reduced uh, wildlife? Like, literally, when I see garbage, you might see a rat around there. So has there been some less infestation because you've done this cleanup work? Have you noticed any of that? Uh,
1: You know, uh, unclear. Yeah, I I don't really know. We don't pick up a lot of actual food waste. A lot of it is... uh, you know household waste and cups and bottles and plates and napkins and you know different things like that so i don't think we're necessarily uh, helping solve the rat issue as much as just the the cosmetic and environmental issue of uh, additional trash on the streets that ends up making its way to the rivers or or uh, drain systems et cetera.
2: yeah it's it's amazing how trash can travel mm-hmm. you know anywhere into that but Thank you for doing your part and I really hope other neighborhoods get inspired to do this. And as you say, you're lending a healthy hand. So if people have a question, they can turn to you guys to, to start up in their own neighborhood.
1: Absolutely. More than happy to to share kind of how we've done this and how we've built it and, and some of the things we've learned over the last uh, year or so and, and help other other groups start uh, some more efforts in their neighborhoods.
2: And one last thing, my podcast covers adaptability and, You know, we sort of adapt to a dirty neighborhood, right? So how is it, you know, what's the reaction of people when they say, wow, we're adjusting to the clean world we're around? Like, what's the reaction you get?
1: Yeah, you know, I think people react most strongly to uh, what we see other humans doing, whether it's the Olympics and and you watch somebody do something incredible physically and, and you're inspired to go work out, or if you see, you know, somebody making a difference and, and you want to make a difference. Uh, the, the biggest reaction is not necessarily the clean street, although I think people notice that. It's just seeing one of your neighbors who is just an, a, another normal person that you know has a job and kids and a family with their bag and little grabber out for 20 minutes picking up trash. And you go, oh, they're doing it. I can do that. And and thank you so much for contributing, and I'll join in as well. There's a little bit of a, a de-stigma Destigmatization of of what it means to pick up trash. Uh, that this is not about the trash. This is about your neighborhood, your street, your home, um, and, it's, and the trash it's, is just
2: what's. Right? There. It's almost Thank like you. that you're from a family now.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You you broke up. Say that again.
2: I was saying it's almost like you became a family. So th- did you know? Did you know any of your residents that have been helping out prior to this? Like, or did you start this really like on your own venture and then? other strangers that, that you didn't know lived in your neighborhood jumped
1: in. Yeah, complete strangers. Yeah. We showed up to the first uh group event where about twenty people showed up and, and I knew none of them. They did not know me. It was truly a uh meeting of like minded strangers who all kind of lived in the same area and, and had become, you know, friends over the last year, but no, it was a it was a real group that just came together with a common passion. Uh, not really a friend group that went out to tackle something.
2: Well, I would love to have you guys back because I love these organizations and people that are rolling up their sleeve. And uh, you know, give us the website one more time for people to help out.
1: Yeah, uh, one block UWS. That's O N E B L O C K U uh, W S dot com. I think we also have dot org. Uh you can find us on Facebook OneBlockUWS, UWS uh and one block UWS uh, that UWS is for upper west side, one block UWS at gmail dot com. Uh feel free to reach out anyway. Um, yep.
2: Well Russell, uh Jake Russell, thanks so much for joining and come back as you see more
0: progress and more streets be cleaned up. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having us, Alex. Well, Jake Russell and OneBlock, thank you for doing what you can for your community, not in our backyard, not in our front yard. We won't accept the trash. We want to clean it up, and uh, at least one organization gets that. Let's hope that continues onward through the city as we are moving post-pandemic. I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting. Talk to you soon.